I heard that. Dynamite drop-in money. That broadcast school has really paid off. Okay, my little hip drivers, let's talk about seminars. So next seminar is going to be in Wichita Falls on September 11th through the 13th. It will be over in Denver at Starting Strength Denver on October 16th through the 18th. And then back to Wichita Falls on December 11th through the 13th. If you ever thought about becoming a Starting Strength coach or you just want to get better at coaching the lifts, we do have a coaching development camp on the list. August 29th will be in Denver, and that'll be how to coach the squat, going in-depth on how to go through the teaching progression, as well as how to diagnose and correct movement. New format camp on the list, self-sufficient lifter camp will be on August 15th in Wichita Falls, covering the squat, the press, and the deadlift, how to best film yourself, and how to diagnose your own technique. Then we have two squat and deadlift camps with space available, August 30th in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and then September 19th in Moody's, Connecticut, at Anino Strength and Conditioning. Our next three lift camp on the list covering the squat, the press, and the deadlift will be on November 29th in Singapore at Hygieia Strength and Conditioning. And then we have one nutrition camp on the list that'll be September 12th in Chicago at Chicago Strength and Conditioning. All of our starting strength gyms are open and accepting new members. To find a location or to request a location or just get more information in general, you can head over to locations.startingstrengthgyms.com. And as always, for more details and registration information on any of the events that I covered, Head over to StarringStrength.com and check out the right-hand side of the homepage. From the Asgard Company Studios in beautiful Wichita Falls, Texas, from the finest mind in the modern fitness industry, the one true voice in the strength and conditioning profession, the most important podcast on the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, Starting Strength Radio. Welcome to Starting Strength Radio. It's Friday, and Friday is abbreviated F. And here with we're here with our friend Brian F. Jones. So, stupid fucker fell off of a roof. What was that ten years ago? Ten years ago. Yep. Two thousand. Well. Yep. Two thousand eleven. So tell us a story. Yeah. So it's like nine and a half years ago, something like that. So uh, tell us a story. Uh, it was a day. It was a day before Easter, and I had six or seven inspections that day. And of course, as an insurance adjuster, along with an interior inspection, you have to get up on the roof and mm-hmm. survey damage. Last my last uh, inspection, uh, I was in a bit of a hurry. Combine that with the homeowner had the homeowner had. M- unintentionally affected the footing where my ladder was and when i came to step off the roof onto the ladder it kicked out and i came straight down oh the ladder the kicked drop. out yeah from i didn't bottom. get that part of the ladder actually the yeah. footing of the ladder at the bottom moved and slid out from under your ass yeah and, and i mean so quickly that I, I saw it sliding across the driveway as I fell. As you were going down. So, yeah. 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 That's, so I hit. So how far so up hit, in the air were you? Uh, it was 20 feet or so. So it's two story. Yes. Two story house. So All right. I had, uh, so I started, you know, straight down and hit kind of like somebody grabbing a rebound and, and, but instead stiff of the knee. Yes, sir. Yeah. Stiff knee. And it oh. shattered. So when I hit, there was enough of like this cold electric jolt that I, I thought I had broken my back. So I slumped, you know, I fell down and was laying there looking up into the sky. And the homeowner evidently had heard and he came out and looked once and said that, you know, this is bad. Uh, I had a phone on me. That was back. It was Blackberry. But at the time, so I called Summer. She was back here in Kentucky. I was in North Carolina at the time. Right. You called her from the driveway? Yeah, laying on the, yep, laying there because I didn't want, I knew that I was going going to lose consciousness and I didn't want someone else to, out of the blue, call her and, and just throw this into her life. I figured, you know, so I called. Yeah, much better for you to do it. Say, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Rip. Much better for you to do it. Yeah, yeah. No doubt. Honey, I've killed myself. Right. Can't pick up the yeah. kids tomorrow. You'll well, have I told to find. Her, what's funny? It, it was really actually kind of close to that because I, she answered and I and she said hello, 
what are you up to? And I said, well, I've had an accident. And she was like, damn it. Thinking, <laughs> what, what did you do? <laughs> and I had ran into the back of somebody, like a truck, you know. Oh, yeah. A like car wreck. You're right. Yeah. And I said, no, no, I've just, I've taken a little spill and, and I got, I'm going to go to the hospital and just in case they don't, I don't have my phone. Uh, I wanted to let you know. Well, then uh, I guess by that time, maybe the paramedics, it, it gets blurry from there. I know that I believe Summer talked to the homeowner on my phone and that's when they took me off, you know, to ICU. And I was in ICU, I think, 12 days. I, I incurred pilon fractures at the ends of both tibias, and that's a compression-type factor. I mean, so let's, let's talk about the specifics of, of that fracture. You landed on both feet standing up, so the shock just was transmitted from the ground right up the tibias, and they yes, dis articulated but well no they just shattered into how many pieces uh if i remember correctly the left was i think 11 and the right 11 pieces five yeah 11 pieces of your tibia and Mm -hmm. uh how about your feet no there weren't there weren't any you have any any fractures in your feet broken bones no, no significant nerve damage, soft tissue damage uh, from the balls of my feet all the way up through, you know, almost to my waist. There was no fracture in your metatarsals at all. No, sir. That's interesting how that trend, just all of it landed up in the tibia. What about the knees? Mm-mm, no, so, no issues. So the damage was confined to both tibias. Yes, sir. Right. I have more problems with my knees from incorrect squat form. Right. Once I started yeah, everybody does. Right. So, so anyway, this kind of a deal, I mean, that requires, uh, I guess they probably don't try to do a repair like that uh, in one anesthesia. You've got two shattered tibias. Do they fix one? wake you up, slap you around a little while and put you back to sleep and fix the other one. How'd that, how does that work? Uh, initially they, because of, because of the swelling and the, and the tissue damage, they, the first operation and I kind of, you know, when we had our, had our coaches conference and I spoke about it, you know, the first operation I kind of felt, you know, went under seeing my legs, you know, although they were all jacked up. And then when I woke back up, both had, you know, external fixators coming mm-hmm. out of them. And right. that's, that was my introduction to a whole new life. You know, that's right. how it worked out. Well, <laughs> a whole new life for a little while anyway. Uh, yeah. Uh, just, just so the, everybody will know, uh, Brian spoke about this situation at the uh, Starting Strength Coaches Association convention back in 13 or 14. When was that? And it's still on the website. That that uh, uh, that video is still up on the website. It's about an hour talk, and uh, it was it's pretty good. If you haven't watched it, you ought to uh, take a minute and uh, watch that after we get through after you get through watching this podcast with Brian today. Uh, so you woke up and you had all kinds of Frankenstein looking shit sticking out of your legs and yeah. in a wheelchair right and uh i mean here i am stuck thinking i wonder how he took a piss you know that's how elemental i am right i just had a catheter in you and we're feeding you any food so there wasn't a problem with the other side but you you uh I mean, this is a this is a pretty serious situation, right? Yeah, well, and, I can tell you. I mean, I didn't have to have you know, I didn't have to have a catheter, but what what did have to take place was I was completely helpless. I couldn't I couldn't go to the restroom. I mean, Summer had to slide stuff under me, slide stuff out, you know, that, that kind dude, of thing. And dude. even when I did get, yeah, yeah, yeah. So even when I did it was able to transfer like into you've seen one of those big 
like potty chairs. Even yeah. when I was able to kind of transfer off the bed, if I were to sit in that, I was such a wreck. It was like it was as bad, almost as bad as falling off the roof because I was I had these legs, you know, that were I couldn't move, and I had these giant, like you said, Frankenstein things out of them. And Summer kept trying to tell me that it's okay, this thing will hold you, honey. But it, I just it was tough for me that you know I I'd sure. Never, I mean, I wouldn't trust you know, it either. God Almighty. I mean, after all, you'd just fallen off of a roof. I mean, you can't trust a ladder. <laughs> trust is gone, man. <laughs> so when they when they did this repair, I'm kind of curious about this. How many? How much metal did they have in the tibia? Did they have fixation plates? Obviously, they had to put those in there, right? Now, are we talking about the external fixators or no, the internal? The internal. Okay. Well, so I had surgeries. Uh, I think I had the external fixators, I think, what, maybe three weeks around that. Uh, Summer, you know, give or take. Then uh, we had one single, I believe, one single operation to take them both out. Then I'd have another operation, put hardware in one, then an operation then to put a hardware in the second. So, and then they, so both you, you, and in the talk you've seen, I mean, there were binding, there were plates, screws, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, running from well up into, you know, the shin, you know, the, the length up into the tibia down, you know, through the heel and into the foot. Yeah. And it was, yeah. it was they were, and it was supposed to be there forever. You know, I mean, they just said this, you know, this is, this is how your legs are going to have to stay together now from here until you. Yeah. Because of course, healing never takes place. Right. In the, in the mind of some people, healing doesn't take place. And of course, there's no way we can, you know, make things heal because I mean, after all, he is a doctor. So, uh, works a lot of the time doesn't it so uh so you're in the hospital in the depths of despair who wouldn't be and uh uh you know it's a good thing summer's around uh she's handy She's Andy. You'd yeah. if you you'd have had have invented her if she didn't already exist, right? <laughs> yes, sir. So, so anyway, is she still there? Yeah, she's a she's she's just. Behind Where's me. Roger? Have her have her put Roger in the shot. Hi, Roger. What are you doing, Raj? He's a good boy. Look at old Raj. Look at him. What happened to his nose? Uh, what did you do to Roger's nose? He didn't used to look like that. No, it's age. You got to figure Roger's seven, eight years old now. He's eight? Almost eight. Yeah. Seven, eight years old, eight-year-old pug. How long do pugs get to be? Well, 10, geez. 12, 13, something like that? Yeah. I don't know if met Chloe. There's Chloe. She's a black yeah. pug. <laughs> ah. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, one more introduction, Rip. Come here. Oh, Larry, you got to see Larry. Take your, come here, come here, move over here. This is a, our young, our young, my youngest daughter, Kira. Hi, Kira. So, How are you? Last night, no, yesterday, I wanted to get my flip chart out because I was going to do a bubble chart. Type did you thing. Larry, wait? Did you get rid of uh, Larry and get Kira? Is that what? Wham, wham. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she's getting she's getting Larry. Oh, but if you see over my see over my shoulder here, can right. you tell who that is? The, can yeah. I? Uh, yeah. Rusty said something about what's the name of the TV show? It's always sunny. In yeah. It's always sunny. That's too long a name for a television show. It's There's Larry. Hi, buddy. Mm -hmm. Hi, Larry. Chloe's pretty cool. Chloe's going. Yeah. Larry, Larry's tired of this already. Little Larry Love. So I went to I went to get this flip chart. I pull it out from behind the freezer where it was to yeah. use yesterday, and I find this dry erase 
drawing a Danny DeVito and come to find out that's Kira, my 14-year-old daughter. Kira did that? She's got some talents, doesn't she? She does. She does. Well, that's good. That's Again, good. I don't, I don't know if we can get her a job quite yet, but her being 14 and shit. But. Well, she's, one, she's actually wanting to open her own tattoo parlor. <laughs> when can you get a tattoo? 18. I think 18. 18. You have to be 18 to get one. How much... How old do you have to be to be a tattoo artist? 18. Mm. So 18 is a magic number, right? You can die for your country. You can die, vote, but you can't buy Anheuser-Busch natural light <laughs> like you'd want to. Right? All right, so before we got all distracted by all these animals and shit, what uh, – what were we talking about? Talking about, uh, oh, oh, yeah, you had that accident. That's what right, we were right. talking about. So you got all this reconstruction and you're in the hospital and depths of despair, all that shit. And then. Well, they sent us home, you know, they pretty much sent us home. They got you the hell out of there, right? Yeah. But right. what the kicker was, and this is just a, a I mean, to back up just a second, I mean, mm-hmm. one of the most probably momentous moment other than the accident itself was the first time we went to the University of Kentucky Sports Medicine mm-hmm. to, the, to the specialist. Right. Uh, I had my I had the external fixators in my legs. It was the first meeting with any doctor after the, you know, the ICU stuff. Right. So we went in and he he looked and examined x-rays this that and the other and summer i was of course in a wheelchair and summer was sitting in a chair to my left the doctor came back in was looking and he said well you know i wouldn't say it's good <laughs> but, <laughs> well there's that he, he said there's very little chance that you'll walk unassisted again Best case scenario, I mean, we may be able to get by with a walker, but if, if not, it could be a wheelchair. Well, I mean, it was like a, I, it was like a cliche, a dream. Right. And I just remember in that instant sitting there feeling helpless and looking over and just saying, God, thinking, man, she's got the short end of this deal in this. She already had. She already had a fucking idiot for a husband. And then. Right. And now he's an albatross. Right. Right. Uh, But she pretty much, she she just like. She just took it. She just looked at me and said, we got it. We got Ah, this. and, And we've had it ever since. Well, and uh, what, what's interesting to me is, you know, and, and the, the condensed version of the story is, is uh, Brian said, fuck this, and he started crawling around on the floor, and then he started walking, and then he started squatting and deadlifting, and he, when did you deadlift six? How many well, years after? It was, it was, um, it was. Two and a half, I think three years after. Three years after you deadlifted 600 pounds. So that's all. All that other stuff was just complete bullshit, like it always is. Why do you think? I mean, having been on the shortest end of a very short stick here, uh, with respect to your own personal physical situation, why do they tell you that? I mean, you've. I mean, they told you that, you know, look, man, fuck, Brian, you just better figure out a, you know, I mean, you know, other people buy new cars, you get new wheelchairs, right? Right, right, yeah. Uh, why do you think that, are they covering their ass? You think that's what it is? I mean, you're tangentially associated with the insurance business. Uh, you know, you're, you've dealt with prognostication in your professional situation. Yes, you deal with, with prediction and odds and things like that why do you think these people don't know any more about this than they obviously do you know i mean I, it, it puzzles me if you were as bad at your job 
as an insurance adjuster. If I was as bad at my job as a strength coach, as an editor, at the various things I do, uh, we'd be starving to death. Well, and yet, work, these guys still get paid. <laughs> do what? what you... That or working for CNN. Yeah, one of the two. Uh, yeah, I mean, it doesn't take much to work for CNN. <laughs> Got to get a hairdresser. I'm fucked. Yeah. Well, I yeah, don't know. Brian I mean, Stelter's not, he's not particularly endowed with a lot of hair, is he? And yet he goes to work every day. At CNN, it just makes up new vocabulary words. You know, what's he going to say today? Fuck, who knows? Right. Who knows what he'll say? But you know, I mean, but the but doctors can say, you're never going to walk again. You'll never eat again. You're never going to breathe again. You know, <laughs> it's, just, it's just so puzzling. It's so puzzling. You know, shit heals if you make it heal. Yes. Right? Now, here's the yeah. classic example of this. You know, somebody gets in a real bad car wreck. I mean, a bad, you know, slammed into the side of the car. 50 miles an hour, caves the rib cage in, produces what's called a flail chest, right? Where the, mm -hmm. the, the fragments of the bones are not being supported on either end, and it's just a loose structure, right? Mm -hmm. And nine months later, a new x-ray shows a completely restructured rib cage with absolutely normal morphology. This looks like nothing ever happened to it. Now, I, I know that's it's hard to wrap your head around, but that's what happens. That's what happens. Now, why? Why does that happen? And the most immediate, obvious explanation if you'll think about it just a second, is you can't quit breathing, <laughs> right? right? You can't yeah. quit breathing. So your ribs can't quit moving. Now, this is, this is, this is simple, isn't it? I mean, if you, if you look at this, how long does a, does a cracked rib take to heal? Three weeks, right? Everybody gets better. feels like you're dead first couple of days. You can't breathe. Everything hurts. Smiling hurts. Everything hurts, right? Farting hurts. God help you if you cough, you know. But three weeks later, it's fine. What's the deal? Movement is the deal. Movement tells the fracture that, hey, there's a line here in this bone that's not kind of together anymore. So the little cells on either side of the fracture plane say to themselves, eh, we, gotta, we need to heal that up. So they, they get busy and they start secreting bone mineral and produce a, a matrix across that fracture plane. And, you know, calculus forms and all the various things that everybody's experienced when they have a broken bone. And, uh, you know, a couple of years later, even, you know, a long bone feels pretty much normal, you know, mm -hmm. if you can approximate the pieces of the bone. And that's what they were doing in your surgery. They were, you have to get the ends of the bone close enough together so there's not a gap. Because if there's a gap there, the body will form what is called a pseudarthrosis, which is a false joint. And it will start laying down cartilage between the two ends yeah. of the bone instead of healing the bones back together. So I understand why they have to do the fixation. I understand why they have to, why they have to put plates in there to stabilize the bones so that they'll grow back together in the right shape with the ends of the bones approximated correctly. What I don't understand is why they don't, why they don't learn from the example of the broken ribs. Why do they always want to invoke 
you know, you'll never do X again, you know. You'll never walk again. You'll never lift your hands. You'll never come again. Whatever, whatever they, and it's always doom and gloom, right? Every every time you do something like this, it's a. But they don't seem to understand that everything heals if you force it to heal. If you use it as as it's going to be used when it's healed, to the best of your ability, while it's healing, you drive the healing, and. I, I don't understand why they don't understand this because, and it's, this is back to my original question. Are they just covering their assets? Why would they have told you something like that? I think, I, I, you know, I, I, and this is definitely a question that I've thought a lot about. And initially first the litigiousness as the litigious aspect of it, because we do have a society that are, that yeah. wants to sue it. Drop yeah. We got too goddamn many lawyers. There's no right. doubt about that. But I, I think that would be, I think that would be kind of just whitewashing it too quick. I think a good example rip is the, the difference between a starting strength coach and say a jazzercise instructor or somebody who's doing bungee plyo type bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same kind of thing you have, You've got a lot of doctors that are that are working on time and turnover. So yeah. what is going to get me through quicker? Let's slide them through, do the x-rays. Okay. All right. Take it easy. We'll keep you medicated. We're going to give you a parking space close, better, better than any parking you've ever had. And if you need <laughs> anything else, holler at me. Right. And I mean, but, like but I got to go down to room four. Right. <laughs> in and out i can you know i can only it's it's kind of tough for me because i do have issue with the lack of competence in general that physicians have in their fellow man i'm not saying all physicians but the fact that they discount that someone like me or someone like a, a 62 year old woman or a i don't know an 82 year old man we've seen time and time again that when when pushed that not only do bones respond not only do muscles and whatnot respond but the human i mean the people respond right people need the same kind of thing and my i had one big i learned stress recovery and adaptation starting at 20 feet from the from the ground (laughs) and yeah life is life life's been awesome ever since right so uh, it's just, it is just a damn shame that uh, they're so willing to throw you'll never do blah, blah again out in front of so many people. With giving absolutely no thought to the fact that lots of people will not respond to that as a challenge. A lot of people respond to that. By just saying, well, okay. I mean, after all, he is a doctor. And he said, I'll never walk again, so I'll just sit here. I'll just sit here. How about that? I've been given permission to sit on my dead, fat ass. And a lot of people will take it that way, won't they? And I, not everybody has the balls to get up out of the chair, do they? And the damage done by that attitude at the doctor's office is incalculable. It's incalculable how many people they've harmed. I mean, you know, if you want to extrapolate that to the, to the current situation we find ourselves in, uh, how many 17 year old kids wearing a mask right now believe that they're going to die of COVID-19, you know, the substantial percentage of them think they're going to die of COVID-19, although none of them do. None of them do. Just as an aside here, I think this is an interesting statistic. Do you guys know how many teachers have been uh, in the world, how many teachers have been given a COVID-19 infection by their kids in the classroom. You know how many? None. None 
None. Yet the teachers' unions are standing up there on television and saying, we're risking our lives going back to work. Well, I'm not, I, I've never been particularly impressed with the intelligence of public school teachers, okay? Uh, they're not, I, I've never been particularly impressed with their intelligence, but this is, uh, this is just duplicity. This is not a lack of intelligence. This is just criminal behavior. You're extorting money and concessions. You, you realize that the, one of the things one of the California teachers union wanted, wanted in order to go back to work was that they demand that the state of California close the charter schools. Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> no. Oh yeah. This is, these people are, these people are awful. So anyway, Oh, uh, you know, it, and, and we wouldn't be going back to this so much, but uh, there's no way to avoid the current situation. You can't avoid the current situation. You know, this is a, this is a fucking mess. But anyway, uh, my, my point, of course, is that doctors are not helping when they tell you what you can't do. Yes, sir. Because many people will interpret that as shouldn't try to do. Many people will interpret it that way. And they shouldn't interpret it that way. But that, that's what they'll do. That's what they'll do. And uh, I just, I, I find it, you know, I've, I've known Brian quite a while. And uh, he's really uh, gotten you know, his head out of his ass and uh, from a, a situation of complete total despair to a 600 deadlift in two and a half years. Uh, you know, not everybody has that kind of balls. I understand that not everybody's got that kind of balls. Okay. But what I'm saying is somebody with the potential, the physical potential to do that. And you as a doctor, encourage them to not try by telling them, you're never going to walk again. Just, you know, would you, would you people think about what the hell you're doing when you say that next time? This is, this is horrible. That's not the thing to do. You're not helping anybody when you tell them that. You're covering your ass. Okay, and if you're in a situation where covering your ass means more to you than helping your patients, look, go sell real estate or something. You know, I don't know if I want to inflict that on the real estate profession, but I mean, <laughs> just but you know that's anyway. So, and then. <laughs> so the continuing adventures of our friend F here. Uh, Summer's a good cook, I guess, right? Yep. And you? Yep. Summer is. You, you decided to bulk up recently, huh? I did. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what it was. That's what it what was. It was. I, he said, "Yeah, I'm going to have to go on up to get going up to 400." 365. Well, it, well, that way I can get my squad up to 1250. Rick, you told all of us that if one gallon of milk is good, two's twice as bad. Two's twice, twice as good, and three is three times as good. Yeah, yeah. that's what I always say. And me having been a, a, a fluffy trainee to begin with, yes. of course, I was supposed to go full carb, 6,000 calories a day, the milk. That's Chocolate milk. Says. Chocolate milk right. with extra sugar. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I went, I, I eventually, you know, found myself at well over upwards, you know, hitting almost 360 at one point. Uh, then we got it down and, and kind of lived life until we got to, I don't know how quick you, quickly you want to jump ahead if we're going to talk about weight. 
Well, yeah. Or are we talking you know, about? We're 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 through we, talking about your legs. Those aren't even interesting anymore. Let's talk about your belly. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well. Then that's if that's the case. I mean, up until, I mean, I was just eating and lifting, eating and lifting, and I found myself a week before this, just this uh, Memorial Day, I stepped on the scales and I was like three forty four, three forty six, somewhere in there. And I decided then, man, I, I've got to do something. And I just somebody's I got to do something, yep. even if it's wrong. <laughs> even if it's wrong. Even Absolutely. if it's wrong. So you decided. Yeah. Fuck to, this. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck this, man. I want to see gonna... if I can lose. I want to see if I how quickly I can lose 100 pounds. Because if I can get up and walk after being told that I couldn't get up and walk, Right. Then, then you can lose a hundred pounds. Yeah. Piece of cake. And I've got, and you know, a friend of ours, a, good, a friend of both, both of ours, uh, Jim Steele, we have, all of us are familiar yeah. with, oh, yeah. you know, Jim's foray, same kind of attitude. That was, that's something I definitely will always give uh, Jim a shout out to is that uh, along with you providing me with the program and support, Jim gave me that extra, man, you don't fucking quit. You don't yeah. quit. You oh, Jim's a good guy. We're going to, yeah have to get him on the podcast for it's for it's all over with yeah, yeah, yeah. you know you know he trains at that gym up in new jersey that at belmar mm-hmm. where the yeah. where that where today we're recording this on the what is this 28th 20, yeah. yesterday they hauled the guy away in handcuffs yeah they did the governor of new jersey is personally pissed off at this gym owner and dragged his ass Away in cuffs. Can you imagine living in New Jersey? Why would anybody do that to themselves? Well, that, that, that'd be kind of like living in uh, uh, Afghanistan or something. You know? Just, God almighty. This this guy is just a... a, a power hungry tyrannical fuck and he decided that he it it it, all appearances are that he's personally mad at the guy and uh uh anyway that's where jim trains he he told me about last time i talked to him uh he told me about what a good guy that is it is imperative that we never establish strength and strength training as essential to them Right. If it's not, if not for the reason of the independent streak that we have, it'll be that much easier for them to force us into com- in, to, to comply. Certainly. It's a lot easier Certainly. to take advantage of not not skulls with well weak folks. Sure it is. And not so. Weak folks. Sure it is. Yeah. And uh, no, that's uh, maybe down in his little black heart, the uh, uh, the governor of. Uh, uh, of New Jersey is uh, thinking like thinking like that. It it very well may be that his, you know, is uh, he is uh, understands the nature of this existential threat. Healthy, strong people uh, will resist your bullshit. Yeah, and uh, he sees the threat. At least he's not stupid, huh? Yeah, Steele is up. Uh, and, you know, and still competes. Just, I don't know why he does this, but he competes in physique contests. He's actually done some bodybuilding. He's a big, muscular guy, and he knows how to he knows how to get in shape for a, for a show too. So he knows about yeah. body fat, and I'm sure he's yeah. helped you with with he your has. diet he, stuff on that, yep. right? He has, he has. So it, enough so that, like I said, the week before Memorial Day, I was at three forty four. And this morning, I weighed in. I'm at two eighty six. So I got you know sixty. What sixty pounds? Fifty eight pounds, six, something like that. Since Memorial, since Memorial Day, so far. So, and so it, that's and what five, weight. six weeks. Is it six weeks? The isn't it? So Ju- all of June, half of yeah. July. That's yeah. that's insane. This is twenty so seven weeks. Seven weeks, sixty pounds. You know, so it's like eight pounds a week. 
and it's not and 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 it was you know the one of the things that i made sure to do is drink at least a gallon of water a day because i didn't want to fool myself into thinking that some of this weight loss was dehydration or just right. fluids flushing because a lot of times it is but yeah. if you're if you're drinking enough water it's not uh, not likely to be a false number on the scale so yeah. I, I wouldn't i would never i would never recommend this to anybody but what i would recommend is figuring out is figuring out what your enough point is and doing whatever it takes we ha i mean we you have we have the capacity i'm nothing special rip i really am not because it, <laughs> it, there were there were times without a doubt that had i not had summer she's the one that kept us going not me no uh, i know that but you're the one that didn't eat <laughs> not her <laughs> yeah yeah oh yeah that's true yeah I'm you're the one that you're the one that pulled 600 not her yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah I mean, so you, you've question, got a yeah, role. Jim, you have a role yeah. to play here, right? Yeah. So but to answer your question, yeah, Jim was Jim was uh, not only directly involved, but also just in, from an inspiration standpoint, because I could I've seen time and time again the way when he I like the way he gets stuff in his head, and it's just a, a focus. And I think that right. you can develop and learn that kind of thing. So you know, I've learned a lot from you. Nikki D, you know, I definitely learned a lot from him and Jim. So, Jim's a, you know, for those of you that want to get a hold of Jim Steele, he's at bossbarbell.com. That's B A S B A R B E L L.com. You can get in touch with him through his website. He'll be glad to help you out if you've got uh, problems you think he can help you with. So, let's talk about what Jim told you to do. Uh, well, how did you drop I mean, that's a hell of a bunch of body weight to lose in not a very long period of time. So what did you do? Uh, again, I'm not recommending you, a person has to find the thing that works for them. Cause what I did very well could kill somebody. The truth of the matter is, but me not doing it. A lesser man. Yeah. <laughs> right. but, so what did you do? <clears throat> well, I started walking. It just started walk in the morning after I'd walk, I'd get home, not fucking eat, not feed my face eight hours. Right. And then eat, basically eat one time. I guess the term is clean, but uh, you know, a big hunk of protein and some greens with, with a plenty of fiber. Man, plenty. That does sound dangerous. And that's it. Just one. I know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, and then, then a gallon of water and then, I, because I knew, because I actually going into it where I had gotten so fat, I mean, my, my, uh, squat technique went out the door. I started developing meniscus problems, ACL, MCL issues, back issues. Just mechanical shit from all yes. the lard, right? Yes. And so it got to the point where I, I had stopped even training barbell for probably six to eight months because it's just a pain. And I mean... It was horrible, but, um, so I hadn't been, hadn't been barbell training, but I decided, you know, we're going to start back from the very beginning. What made me walk again? It was the same thing that was going to get me down to continue living well. And that was, I, I ran, I've been, I'm, I'm doing it now. I'm still running LP, you know, I, I started from right. the beginning. So that, so I'm, I'm running starting, I'm running a starting strength gallon of water a day and, and one meal and, and moving, 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 moving. And I'll tell you what, it's been an excellent difference in a lot of well, <clears throat> Have you had to buy new pants and stuff or did you keep your old pants from previously? Well, my, even my old pants were fat pants, you know, so <laughs> uh, skinny pants for me and skinny pants for me were 42s. No, right. no exaggeration. So, but, uh, yeah, now I, I, I can't remember living and feeling the way I do. The biggest thing is that the amount of pain that has been removed from my legs, I'd never lived life without that constant pain, but a lot of it was because of the weight just smashing both of those, uh, you know, where the, where the injuries were, but 
now that I've got the weight off, I mean, it's energy and it's, it, it just builds on itself. But the key right. is it's just like, I, I think people, you know, people want to start training or dieting or having a new different nutrition plan or activity level. They want to do that and they'll start out, but then a week, two weeks, maybe three weeks into it, you know, they're not seeing stuff like that. So they quit because they don't think that it's for them because they've heard the doctors say, you know, well, you know, maybe instead of you know, maybe training hard, let's walk slow or, or, you know, we can, we can treat that pain, but or, hey, that, we get you up over 350, we can go ahead and do that lap band procedure that you've been wanting. But, I mean, we, you know, I can't, we can't do that if you weigh in 325. So, you know, need to gain some weight so we can, uh, right, right. We can do that surgery to take some weight off. Uh, I've actually heard of that being advised. I've actually heard of that being, you know. It's an interesting profession. Put them on a, on a bullshit diet and exercise program, and they say, well, try this first. Right. Damn well. You know, no, like, damn well, it's not going to work. You know. Right, right. And, but, but, to, but to back up what I'm saying, so folks are getting to, you know, the, the really industrious ones make it to, say, four weeks. Because they don't see any results, they quit. And I want to start convincing people, because not – I would have, I would have quit. And I'm talking about the weight loss. But the key is, is that you've got to understand that this, whether it be weight loss or whether it be building strength for yourself, it's a stopping at four weeks is akin to bringing someone in the hospital who has cancer and treating it for four fucking weeks. And because it doesn't disappear, you quit. The you don't do that shit. So if you, if you <laughs> won't give up on a life, due to cancer why give up on your own life when you have the power to change it i mean you really do we'll sit and watch someone wither away and die for years because we don't want to give them the decision even the ability to make the decision to how things are going to end for them we'll do right. that but we won't we will not allow ourselves more than a commercial blurb and maybe a sitcom length's worth of time before we say, ah, fuck it, I can't lose weight, I can't jump, I can't live. I mean, that's not me. Everybody who does that. All the stuff I just can't do. Yeah, exactly. I just can't. And, that's what I, and so, you know, that's one of, that's, it's time for me to give back. You've given, Starting Strength has given, Jim has given, people all over this country with, with no expectation. And due to my accident, you know, some of the things that, and I don't want to solely, say that the reason that I've lost the weight that I have was because just up calorie restriction and, and slow uh, calorie burn. Nope. That that's not the only reason I had, it, it was hard to come to, but I had to admit and understand and accept the, the idea that I did experience significant PTSD with the accident. Yeah. It changes your mind. And by that, I don't mean, you know, causes you to, you know, change your mind about something. I mean, it changes the way your mind works. It quite profoundly changes lots and lots of things about you from yeah. now on. It, it just giant traumas like that, whether they're physical or emotional, uh, leave you a different person. They just do. And, uh, you know, and that, that's not to say that, you know, the way to deal with PTSD is to, you know, stand around and whine about having PTSD the rest of your life. Well, I've got PTSD, therefore I can't do blah, blah, blah. Look, everybody's got a shitty story. You know, some people have shittier stories than others, right? Everybody has got a shitty story. And we don't want to see you make an excuse for not being worth a fuck because of your shitty story. You know, that's what, that's what is being encouraged these days by psychology and all these other professions that uh, make a living off of, you know, trying to get into your skull and tinker around with things. Uh, you know, I mean, 
my dad was in World War II. Yeah, I'm old guy. Daddy was in World War II. Came back from World War II and, you know, didn't complain at all yep. about any of that shit. To those old guys, <clears throat> they wouldn't have known what the hell PTSD was because they all had it and everybody had a shitty story. It was World War II. <laughs> Right. I mean, you just tamped it, tamped it down with bourbon. That's just how you, <laughs> you just dealt with it. Hell, you grew up in the Depression. You know, things were shitty. This is just one more shitty deal. Standards were low, you know. Yeah, of course you're, yeah, I know you got hurt. Yeah, you, you know, saw your best friend just turned into a pink mist. Right. We, we, yeah, so did I. So let's talk about something else. And that's the way they dealt with it. I mean, it could have been worse. They could have been French. I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they've... That was, that was mean. I joke. Because they're French. Nah, it's fun. It's good to hate the French. Who said that? It's a famous statement. It's good to hate the French. <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, it, it's just a... Yeah, PTSD's real. Sure, it's real. But do we pander to it, or no, do we? I did. Or do we? Do we? Did do we step over it and walk on? That's what we do. Yep. And we step over it and get on with the fucking walk, right? That's how it has to be dealt with. Sometimes that's a great big step, but it has to be taken anyway. Absolutely. Yep. And that's and that's what happened. That's what <laughs> yeah. happened with me. I, I acknowledged it. I realized that I had severely limited my circle of friends, my circle of influence. I got to where I wouldn't even travel again because I was afraid. And I'm talking, this has gone on for years. I, I uh, wouldn't even travel much where I used to have to travel a lot with my job because I was scared to death to be, to be any distance from summer. Right. So, and it culminated, it culminated in me at, you know, just one more reason not to have to leave is eat, eat, eat. I got everything I want right. here. But right. I realized, you know, after our coaches conference, after that speech, or the, the talk I gave, so many people came up and were hungry for more. And they would ask me, man, I've got this guy that would he'd be perfect. He'd love to hear from you. Would you be interested in coming up to Cleveland and speaking to a group? Oh, sure, sure. We've got another, someone else. I mean, just one after the other. Would you right. want to come to Pittsburgh and talk at talk at my gym? Or do you want to come at the school that I work at? And, of course, I would say, I mean, Rip, there was even talk about me doing a, a, a regional TED Talk. I had all that in front of me nine years ago. Imagine the life if I would have started then and not continued pandering to the PTSD. Yeah. Imagine what life would be for like for my kids. I'd be nine, nine years ahead right now, and I feel like I cheated then. I feel like I cheated summer, and I'm, I'm ready to pick it up. I need. I oh, want good. To help You're ready to quit being a worthless bag of shit and <laughs> get up off of your ass and get in the car and go talk to somebody. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Brian is available. That's right. Brian is available to speak to your group. <laughs> and no masks required. No masks. No mask or masks uh, prohibited, in fact. And here, hey, Rip, if I can, if anybody, I mean, here's, if anybody wants to email me. Brian J. Squats at Gmail. Excellent. So if get a hold wants, of him. Absolutely. You know, I, I'll tell you so, what, the, the, here, let's, here's the correct order. Watch this podcast like you're doing right now. Then go to our website, startingstrength.com, and find Brian's uh, talk at the SSCA convention. And we'll link it and uh, watch that. And then you'll you'll understand why there was not a dry eye in the house that weekend at the SSCA convention back all those years ago. And uh, I'd like to, yeah, really, Brian's a powerful speaker. And uh, he, will, uh, he will help you. If I could, just two quick points I think that are important to me for Good. people to hear. All right. Uh, 
the one, first is it has to, and I was talking to Nick about this too, and it's this is one today actually, and this is one of the other reasons that really motivated me to lose all that weight. I was, well, I, I guess I never realized how popular the video of the conference of my, my talk was. And not long ago, I came across it one way or another, and I actually started reading the comments. And I saw comments from three, four, five years ago, people asking, hey, can you tell me, you know, this is what happened to me or that's what happened to me. I've lost them. I don't know whether they succeeded or not. And then looking at that video, I realized how I was standing in front of a room of some of the most consummate fitness leaders, health strength builders in the country, if not the world, looking like a haystack with a pumpkin on top of it. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I mean, if you look at you look at the you look at that, I, I'm adorable. People love me. I know that. But I mean, look, how could, look Lepo was there. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> my point. I mean, Lepo was there. In, Our friend Joe Lepo. He's what is he? Five seven. Standing up or laying down? <laughs> hey, oh. Oh, I'll hear from him for that. <laughs> so my point being is, one, any of you guys do to get an opportunity to go and look at the video of my talk, look at how effing fat I am. Look at how effing fat I am. That's where I started, if not worse. I was about 320 there. So imagine me with another almost 25, 30 pounds. Now I'm halfway through. I did it. I wasn't. It wasn't an act. It wasn't an Atkins. It wasn't dial a meal. It wasn't any shit Oprah sent to me. Right. The second thing, my you because <laughs> I was just a regular Joe, a regular fat Joe who did it. The second thing is, if you get a chance, also, I, I have there was an article written about me. Barbell training is rehab. You can fi also find it on the website, right. and they may be able to link it. There's pictures. There are pictures both in the conference. And in the article that show my calves, the first time they took the bandages, the cast and everything off, and my my both my calves were no bigger around than my wrists. Those little skinny calves that I, that I could put my hands around are the same calves that squat, that pick up my daughter, that deadlift, that run up the stairs now, that finally got past the modicum up to quote a great man a fat kind of half arm pulled wheezing guy clean to just within the last couple of days, an acceptable somewhat hang. No, that clean. was a pretty good hang clean. Uh, he, Brian sent me a, a video of his, of his clean. And I'm telling you the only damn thing wrong with this right now is I'll just go ahead and do this on the podcast. Might as well. You're, you're not finishing your hip extension at the top. In other words, look at the video and you'll notice that you don't ever get into the layback behind vertical like you that's would. The same, that's like, the same exact thing Summer said on our honeymoon. I know this may not be correctable. <laughs> if it's that embedded, you know. But you got you to finish. You're not finishing at the top. You got to. Think about the shrug, think about the shrug, and finish the pull. That's what you're not doing. Yes, but sir. the arm, you hadn't got an arm pull. The thing looked pretty good. The rack looked great. It's just, you know, the last 10% of the hip extension is not done. Yeah. And point Summer that, knows those, this is not my fault. That's right. She does. She does. And then legs that size. Right. Legs that size to eventually – Deadlifting 615 pounds, squatting 415 pounds. Right. Pressing two, 205 was my best press. Yeah. And I guess, what do we have left? My bench, oh, I bench 325. Well, you know, it just, this was your best. Uh, you'll, you know, these are, these are just your previous PRs. You'll, yes. You know, we're, you're not through. You're not dead yet. And I'm not a genetic not, freak. When, I'm not I'll tell athlete. you when you're dead. That's okay. Thank you, sir. I'll be That's the judge of this. All right. 
thanks for being with us today, F. Anytime. Anytime. We enjoyed it. And once again, anybody out there that would that if I'd, I'd love to talk to you, whether it be personally get a hold or of your you. group, give me a holler. Give him a holler. What is the the uh, what was that again? Hold that up, Brian, Brian. J Squats at gmail dot com. Get a hold of him there. But and yeah, uh, you don't want to get it mixed up and say Brian J mails at G Squats. No, that won't. Get a that whole different work. website. <laughs> <laughs> that won't work. <laughs> That won't work, or it might work in a way that <laughs> would. And well, no. reference back to the honeymoon. Right there we go. Now wait, and if you want, when you get off, you Nick, Nick, I gave Nick a very good explanation of some of the other benefits, but it would probably be for maybe like starting strength at night, or once we start going into you know adult kind of right, stuff. But right. Nick can fill that, you. Nick that can other you website we're working on right now. That's right. Got it. Guys, got it. it. Thank you, F, man. We'll we'll talk to you soon. And thank you for joining us at Starting Strength Absolutely. Radio. Next time. <laughs>